0: What's going on y'all? Welcome to another episode of the All In Podcast. Uh, today is episode three of the season two. Excited to be back here. We have another great episode for you guys, uh, helping you grow, start, and scale your real estate operations and really just your business in general. Uh, my name is Alex Sines, uh, 24-year-old real estate entrepreneur. Started at 18, completely broke and really depressed. And over the last few years, just been living the dream um, and been able to do a few hundred properties, and and close successfully closed over a few hundred properties uh, all over the nation so excited to share the gems the lessons and the mistakes
1: that we've done uh, on this podcast definitely and, the mistakes and besides <laughs> a lot of mistakes yeah and beside me we have what's up guys my name is sal shakir i'm an immigrant uh to millionaire i guess uh living the yeah. the american dream the freedom american dream and uh alongside with alex made a lot of mistakes made some good decisions and um uh, here we are. We're about to share everything we can with you. Uh, well, in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to double your result with those two things. Um, so let's get to it. Yeah. So two quick announcements before we we start here because
0: uh, we were just coming up with what we wanted to talk about and we wanted to make it really like the the goal for this podcast is to give you guys like things you can actually implement and take away. Right. We want to crack the resistance and open up the wisdom. That's actually that's a really good line. Uh, Yeah, crack the resistance, open up the wisdom so you guys could actually produce some results in your business, right? From our mistakes and our lessons that we've learned. So for today's podcast, the topic is how to double your results with two things, right? And those two things we're going to go over shortly. But before we do that, I just want to give a quick announcement so two things we we just uh we're we're proud to announce that we're doing a pop-up with the sub two community pace morby uh engine mill we're gonna be doing a pop-up here in phoenix it's free it's october 13th and um yeah, and where you can register is phoenixmeetup.com that's phxmeetup.com phxmeetup.com wanted to uh give that announcement and then two if you're looking to grow and scale your business we do have our uh, another momentum event coming up It's a two-day workshop. Uh, You can go to attendmomentum.com. Attendmomentum.com. With that said, um, that's the two announcements I have. Let's go straight into the content. So first thing I want to, um, actually, I want to ask you, Sal, is what what things would you say that people focus on a lot that don't bring in results? Like they think it's like they think they're productive, but it doesn't really bring in revenue. Busy
1: work. That the 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 biggest mistake we have as entrepreneurs because. let alone you have to learn a new craft. We were just talking about this yesterday. Like when you're learning a new craft, like all you focus about is learning, right? And now you have to start implementing. So half of your effort is going to be learning and the other 50% of it is going to be toward implementation. And the problem is that some people think that they're at a certain level where they're not, whether they're higher or lower than that level, and because someone else is doing it and they're they they're like, Well, do I need to implement this? Do I need to? because he does he has that person he has that that thing. And kind of like analysis paralysis hits right. in yeah. and uh it decapitates their their growth. Yeah. So they're they're like none non money producing activity is number one. And number two is just over analyzing and trying to copy a different model that they're not at that level yet.
0: Agreed. So there's two types of uh people, right? So there's like your newer real estate guys and then you have your more uh, you know more uh skilled seasoned real estate guys for let's let's start with the the for business owners what do you like for somebody that's doing deals right now like what can you help identify where they may be just wasting time doing it where they could delegate it because i know i have my a few (laughs) things that i held on to for so long in business and i'm like man why did i hold on to like a ten dollar an hour task like why? Why? And the reason was I was just a control freak. That's the real reason. <laughs> um, but I, I want to help identify this, these, uh, these things for people.
1: So you're you're like you hit the nail on its head because a lot of us think that we do it best. Like I, I when I used to do when I used to be in the car business, I used to do sales, financial, the, the 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 auction, and I used to thought that I used to wear that as a badge of honor. Like I work sixteen hour days, eighteen hour days, and I'm like proud of it and And I do it best and that's what I think. And turns out that I was limiting myself so much because number one, there's 24 hours a day and there's just me doing all these things. I can't delegate, I can't grow, I'm I'm so capped out. And I think that I'm doing the best of everybody else. And if someone comes to me and says, well, this person is doing X amount. And I'm like, no way, I do more than he does. But I didn't know that delegation was like a real thing uh, starting out. So yes, delegation, don't be a control freak. Let go of the vine, start delegating the task. But there's one thing that we have to do it the right way. You can't just right. delegate everything thinking that it's gonna be fine without really documenting it. So if you're ever gonna delegate something, make sure you document whether you record it, audio, video record, or document an actual document and make it a really easy process to hand over that task.
0: Absolutely, and I'll speak for like the, the newbies, You know, those that are starting in their real estate journey. Um, Man, I remember that when I started, I got like the first thing I did was get business cards uh, because I thought that that would get me automatic deals. And the reality is uh, it doesn't. Right. It can. uh, But it really it really doesn't the majority of the time. So I'm making the example of a business card because sometimes we could fixate on something that we think is going to get us results. Start an LLC. Yeah. Yeah. So like I didn't like I didn't. you know if i could go back like i wouldn't focus on business cards i wouldn't even be focused on starting a website i wouldn't i wouldn't be focused on uh starting an llc right because the one thing that you have to do when you're new is just talk to people right shout out to ttp T- yeah. but you just got to talk to people you you gotta uh you gotta you gotta cold call you gotta make offers you know you gotta you gotta generate leads and all of those things produce results right the business cards and I remember I posted like, a picture of a business card on my Instagram, and I felt like I, I was a su- successful real estate investor already. I'm like, I made it, right? <laughs> or, or when I first got contracts, I, that's a big one. When I first got a real estate contract, I'm like, oh, I'm a real estate investor already. I, I, just by I, having yeah, the paper. Just by having the paper. Like, <laughs> yeah. so, but all that stuff is just, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's cool to look back on the journey. But what I'm trying to emphasize is just focus on the money producing activities that are going to uh, generate revenue. So the first topic that we want to talk about, so two things to double your results, right? And I I think I genuinely say this, like I'm being modest when I say double because I really believe you could triple, quadruple, and five x your business by just focusing on these things. The number one thing uh, of the two is marketing. Focus on your marketing. And although that's very vague, we're gonna dive deep into it. Uh, But yeah, let's talk about some some of the things that somebody can immediately implement and change right now to increase their marketing.
1: Um, man, that's a really vague question. It is, yeah, uh, we got some talking points. Yeah, uh, so obviously, I, the easy the easy answer to that is you know whatever is working, double down on that. Uh, if you ha- if you're doing three different marketing streams or four different marketing streams, you have to make sure that you know those. First of all, you have to track if they're working or not. So make sure that you know what marketing stream they're coming from and double down on it. So if you have to really generalize, I would say more leads, more leads equal more money. But obviously, the quality of the leads is it matters.
0: Right. Yeah. So so a lot of um, people that are, you know, just from talking to a lot of our students, the ones that get stuck are the ones that don't have enough leads coming in. So... Leads are are the name of the game, right? You're not going to close, um, you know, lots of deals if you don't get lots of leads. And if you're, if you are uh, struggling to create leads, here's a few things that you could do, right? You have to treat marketing like an investment, and this is obviously, you know, based on your 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 budget and your experience. Um, it's, it's either going to be, you know, you're going to have a big budget to invest into marketing or you're going to have a small budget, but I'll tell you this, like, it doesn't matter whether you have a dollar or $10,000 for marketing. There's always things that you can do to increase your lead count. There's, there's a a million and one things that you can do uh, to increase your lead count. And that's paid or free paid or free. Right. And there is a, okay, for example, we have, uh, probably in the last few weeks, probably got like six deals off Zillow. Like for sale by owner, Zillow, that's crazy. Right? And th- those are just my guys on their off time. Like they don't go to lunch and they'll do it. Shout out to <laughs> USA Home Help. But um, yeah, just like Zillow leads, that costs us nothing. And I- I'll tell you this: it's it's a few hundred. It's like 250 k in just assignments locked up just from Zillow, right? And it, and that's free. It's free. It's free, right? And th- this is no fluff. I'll show you guys the Huds when it closes. Like this is this is real. But what I'm really trying to emphasize is whether it's paid or free. You can you can close deals and and so in order to increase and double your results, you got to increase your marketing. So now you're you're dealt with. Okay, how can I increase my marketing? Well, the first question you got to ask yourself is what's my budget, right? Mm-hmm. And if it's zero or ten thousand, then you 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 know you go in accordingly to what your budget is. But if you let's say for if you have no uh, if you have no money, then the things that I would focus on is maybe drive for dollars. I would try to get as many leads as possible there. I would be networking my ass off just to make sure that everybody knows that I'm buying real estate or I'm looking to get into a deal. Um, And then three is I would. okay. so drive for dollars network. The third I would do. Hmm. I'm saying no money. Oh, I'd I'd, I'd make a referral list. it, It would honestly I would double down on networking because there's so many people hunting for deals. And if you can position yourself to be a buyer um, it, it's, it could really be. And game that's over. social media. Yeah, it's really- yeah. Social media. I would post in Facebook groups, Craigslist. See, now the, all the ideas are, are coming in, yeah. but, um, yeah, all that stuff does work. Right. So, but if you have a budget, then how do you increase your marketing? Like, I mean, we've paid millions in, in marketing, paid marketing. So what would you say for somebody that is looking to double the leads, double, double the, the revenue?
1: So there is, there's one thing that I don't like doing like I I did it before or our company did it before where we thought okay we have money let's just let's just market thinking that okay we're going to market more and magic is going to happen yep. um on not accounting for expanding to new market learning curve of new market Unaccounting accounting for the influx of the leads that come in and our guys get bombarded with the amount of leads actually um I just saw this morning uh, in our lead pipeline that we have a lot of untouched leads that came in in the past two days and our guys have been catching up. So, and I I didn't account for it. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm assuming that the leads amount has increased in the past couple of days and they haven't been able to catch up to it. Or maybe so, there was some sick time uh, from our guys that they couldn't follow up on them. So after this podcast, we're gonna go and address it and see what the heck is going on. Cause we don't like to have an, 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 a big number of new leads on touch because that's that's a lot of money. So the first thing is to see is that you have an organization that can handle enough leads. So if so if you're getting if you're getting 20 leads a day, if you're going to do 30 leads or 40 leads a day, well do you have enough people to handle that? So you have to make sure the infrastructure is right. That's a great point.
0: Yeah, cuz some people it's not as easy guys. Okay, what I'm definitely not trying to promote here is it's not as easy as just doubling your cold callers or dub, doubling your PPC budget. Um, that is a huge important part. So keep keep going. Yeah, thank you.
1: So so make sure that you're you're not just throwing money away. Yeah, obviously the lead is a lead, but you know sometimes sometimes a hot lead can fall through the cracks, and that could be a hundred thousand dollar deal, and you just missed out on that because you're you're just overwhelmed. Your guys are overwhelmed. You couldn't even answer them. Yeah. So so before we we I, I my advice would say hey, okay, double down on the marketing that works. So if if you have three marketing channels. And let's let's say PPC, call calling, and RVM, or direct mail, and those three are working. And you wanna you wanna do more. Obviously, you say you're hitting you're hitting hundred thousand dollars a month, and you wanna do hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month. So ideally, what we would say is, okay, let me do time and a half more, so I can do so I can get one one and a half times the returns that I'm getting right now. But you can expand to a new marketing channel or you can double down on the marketing channel that's working out of those three and maybe scale down from one of one of the marketing channels that's not working so there's no wrong or right answer to that but as long as you know what's happening in your uh, in your operation so for example if ppc is working and call calling is working but direct mail it's kind of struggling well but it's bringing money well maybe don't don't cut it out in 100 percent, but maybe Take some of that funds and put it toward PPC or put it toward call calling. So now you're really increasing the other channels that are working better than P- uh, than direct mail. Even though direct mail is working, but not working that great. But you know the return on investment with something else is better. Or you can go ahead and increase the amount of, amount of budget on every single one of them. Or you can add a, thir- a fourth marketing channel. There is no wrong or right answer to that. And the only way to know this is if you actually do it, collect that data and and kind of analyze it. So for example, for direct mail, you want to analyze the data within what? A month and a half? Yeah. Because by the time the mail drops, people yeah, see yeah. it. Uh, obviously, you know, some people might call you a year after. It happens, yeah. yeah. For cold calling, I wouldn't, judge, I wouldn't judge a cold calling campaign uh, within the first month. No. It has to be 60 to 90 days minimum because we, cold calling is a follow-up game
0: yeah the lead yeah so cold calling i mean it takes you know three months to convert a lead to a deal yeah and average the
1: average yeah, yeah exactly we've seen leads that convert after two years so uh, and for for ppc really ppc if you fire it up today the only thing that will delay you because ppc is like a faucet you turn it on and leads comes in leads come leads comes in uh as fast as you know within minutes and ppc leads are usually hotter so You can convert those within the same day or within the same two weeks right but we have to take an account uh, we have to take an account that a ppc campaign if you're just starting today and you start a ppc campaign google is not gonna really show your ad until like it's optimized and like it goes through the algorithm so it usually takes about a week or two for google to recognize your campaign and then you start seeing results so or to be fully optimized so for a PPC, you might be able to judge it within three weeks. So make sure that you know what campaign you're doing, what kind of marketing channel that you're doing, and what kind of results you need to really, uh, how fast you can judge that campaign. Right. Um, that's what I'm trying to get to. I don't want you to judge a, a cold call campaign. If you're cold calling for the first month and you say I'm not getting a deal and I'm I'm going to shut down that marketing channel, well, you're you're actually like you're you're definitely going to fail with that campaign. But that's what the competition is not doing, the competition is, is consistently doing that marketing channel, obviously based on some metrics and numbers they track, but the call call campaign does need you know, three uh, two to three months, so 60 to 90 days to even judge that campaign. So give it that time. But if you can't really do it for 90 days or 60 days, you can't afford to do that call call campaign with the hiring people, then don't attempt to do it. Do more of, a, of an immediate result campaign that you can, like, such as PPC but make sure that you know how to budget for that. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's really like a vague, like it's hard to like really put it in, in, in one topic, which I think we should have more about these marketing topics.
0: Yeah, we can have 13, 20 podcasts on, on marketing alone. Um, but really back to the, the core message of today's podcast is look, like if you want to double your results, you gotta double two things. And the first thing was marketing. So I hope that kind of gave you a little bit more clarity on like, okay, hey, like if, you know, I'm doing five different marketing strategies and I'm making all of my money with two, you know, you may wanna pay some more attention to that, right, so the 80-20 focus, you know, 80% of the time on what's actually working and then 20% on the other time, on the other things that, you know, may not be producing as as much results. Um, One more thing, um, I say a lot of people, they start marketing but they don't stick to a marketing plan and that's something that, um, that could really hurt Especially if you have a, a sales team, right? That's a mistake that we've done in the past where it's like, um, I would be, you know, quote, we would be cold calling. We had 10, 20, 15 cold callers. And then we transitioned to PPC. We slowed down the cold calling to make room for PPC. You never, if there's a million dollar lesson on this podcast, it's says right here, you never want to stop or slow down something just because you're starting something else. Right. Especially if that thing is working. If cold calling is working, you have 10, 15 or three callers and it's working and you're trying to do sms do not slow down or stop what's already working because that's what's paying the bills that's what that's what's bringing you deals don't stop it or slow it down just because you're trying something else shiny always, object syndrome yeah always add it to the business don't don't let anything else get um you know get hurt by it because you're starting a new marketing channel. however
1: if it's not working out it's okay to yeah to yeah, dial it down yeah, on that.
0: My, if it's my point is if it's if it's working and it's bringing in leads and deals, don't, I mean, if anything you want to emphasize more on that, but if it's, you know, if you're doing RVMs and they're just not cutting it, um, you know, it's okay to slow down or stop yeah. that. Yeah. Just to be clear. Uh, okay. The second thing that we want to talk about in order to double your results is sales, sell, sell, sells that includes acquisitions. That includes dispositions That's making the money in the company. Right. And there's a few different things. So the first, w- the first part, of the the sales subject that we want to talk about is your acquisition department, right? Whether that's just you right now, or whether that's you know five, ten acquisition agents that you have now, but the the sales de- the the acquisition department has everything to do with sales, right? They are the ones that are locking up the deals and bringing the the meat to the table. So when it comes to increasing your output and increasing your um you know your your revenue, it's really like it's almost as simple as this, right? If you have enough leads coming in the business, and you have a good sales team or a great sales team, and you can duplicate that sales team, and you can increase the leads, like there is that is the that is a million dollar winning formula, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of a lot of you guys, including myself in the past, and I know Sal too, um, when we turned up marketing, we weren't prepared sales wise. We didn't have the manpower for that, right? So it, does, it doesn't matter if you have 30, 50 cold callers, if you don't have a sales team, if you don't increase your output and hire people. Then you're really just gonna be you're gonna be
1: hurting, right? Because you're
0: just gonna be wasting a bunch of money on marketing.
1: Absolutely, you know what? The biggest it's not easy, obviously. Hiring it's for someone who's starting out, and they're like, "Oh well, do marketing and hire people." And this guys, you don't have to do all this day one or day ten or 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 in six months. It doesn't have to be, but work work your way up there. You know, maybe say, "I want to get." Before I hire my first team member, I want to have five deals under my belt and and let's go from there and then maybe I hire someone and then from there I can I can increase my budget but have some milestones that you can you can identify that you want to have and identify where you're at in the business. So if you've got five or ten deals that you've already done, you're still a one-man show. well maybe it's time to consider well why are you doing this? Are you really doing this part-time or you're really trying to work yourself to death because number one to survive, with a competition, you have to increase your capacity, and the way to increase your capacity—I don't mean that increase your lift more weight or sleep less. Increasing capacity when it comes to business is adding more people, productive people to your team. You know, the biggest companies in the world—they don't operate based on one person. There's no no company operates on one person that is ma- massively successful because if anything happens to that one person, imagine imagine if there is this this. Uh, this big company, or like this hospital, big hospital, and everything relies on that one CEO, one person. Yeah, it's
0: like the receptionist, like
1: customer support,
0: billing, and the surgeon. Yeah, <laughs> like
1: what would happen? Like what would happen if there is two it, emergencies it, at the same time, just, or that person just got sick? It's dysfunctional. Yeah, imagine it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Imagine how, how many things will fall apart. Imagine how much money you would be probably leaving on the table. It just doesn't work. And especially we live in a very. This is. A very competitive sport. Business is a very competitive sport, and especially real estate. <laughs> definitely real estate. And if you want to stay ahead, I don't, if you really want to survive, you have to think outside the box. And now, if you want to stay ahead, you have to have the strong. The strongest team always wins. So it starts with hiring. I think. I think the first hire should always be an acquisition manager, no matter what. What it is, first hire should be an acquisition manager.
0: Absolutely, I, I agree too. I mean, I just did a, a video on YouTube about that, and I. I, I would agree it's, it's definitely acquisitions because you would just want to duplicate your amount of calls that you're making as a The money-producing activity. Yeah, because the money-producing activity is making calls and talking to, to sellers. So I could only make... Like when I started, I, I could only make so many calls in one day. But if I hired another two sales guys now we're doing the triple you know we're, we're tripling our dials we're tripling our conversations and we did triple our deals right we went from actually 5x so we went from 12 deals by myself to 52 deals so that's actually a 5x in from 2016 to 2017 we're just hiring people in one year uh, in one year so th- i mean we're not just uh look all we have is some talking points and the rest is experience and knowledge that is it because everything else, like we just had to go through it. We spent a lot of time, money, and uh, and we have a lot of experience with it. You know, we don't have all the experience. We're still learning. Uh, you know, we're going to a Mastermind next week. I was just at one last week. We went to a, a real estate dinner yesterday. We're actively, you know, networking and, and talking to people and learning. And uh, I think that's a mindset that everybody should have.
1: A lot of people are like, yeah. you know what's crazy? That a lot of us, and at least someone is like me, because I'm like the kind of guy that likes to get today's, like today's task and tomorrow's task done. So I can think, oh, I can, I can retire later in my life. Right. Yeah. So like yachting the, the, the freaking, whatever the world. Right. Yeah. And, and in reality is you, you're never gonna, you're never gonna end that task. Like it's a journey. Bus- a business is a journey. It's not like you're gonna reach the top of the mountain. You're just gonna sit there and say, that's it. I made it. It's never that. No, never. I I don't think that there is. If you don't enjoy business, then then you're you're not meant to be a businessman or a businesswoman. And that's okay. And that's well, all right. Do TCO. something else. But if you're in business that you don't enjoy and you're trying to reach that mountaintop or mountain peak and then think that everything is gonna be gravy there, think again. The business is going to need your direction. Yeah, that's cool. If you're gonna hire some people and maybe some CEOs. But believe it or not, by that time, you're going to hire a CEO that's going to lead your company. That's going to take, what, 15, 20 years of your time. life. So, so if that's, nothing, that's something that you're not really prepared to do or that's something you don't enjoy. And I'm not talking to anybody out of business. I'm just bringing reality in, in the show that this is a journey and this is a lo- lifelong journey. Uh yes, you may you may you may retire after 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, but that's a pretty big chunk of your life. If if an average person lives what, 70 70,
0: 75 years. 75
1: years. So if, yeah. if you're wasting 20 years or you're you're a baby until X amount time, like you're you're in high school and then you're wasting fifteen, twenty majority of your life is gonna be focused on that. So my point is that don't think that this is a task that you're you have for like 10 years and you re- you re- you achieve it and you're like bored with your life after
0: no there's always there's always like all of this is just a framework to have like the tools to shift and adapt in business cuz like like our next thing here is like for sales right it's like back to the subject of sales like delegation right mm-hmm. like are we still doing that? Are we still done with that? Do we still have to delegate and train people? Oh God! There, our departments <laughs> get bigger, and every, there's a new, there's day. a new
1: department that grows we didn't even know about. Like there's, we had yeah. a, an asset department that we didn't know that we had to build, and obviously it came with the territory. we had to build that put an asset director, and 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 before you know it, now we have to train for it, and now we have to put funds to it, and now we have to yes. deal with it. So, so if there is because, any headaches?
0: Just because you delegated your first sales guys for your company, does that mean you have to just Delegate once and just forget about it. Oh no, never. No, it's a, it's it, it's a it's to your point. It's like it's an ever growing process, right? But once you learn these these things as a business owner and a real estate investor, like then you're not. It's really hard to commit the same mistake twice. I don't go into. I don't think we none of us here go into a business without thinking delegation. Like, okay, how can we learn and how can we delegate because we want to free up our time to work on the business and not in the business.
1: Well, Again, the, on the business. Not yeah, in the business. this is this is something obviously that we're blessed to think like that. So I, I would like, when I open up a new business, like if we start a business today, the first thing we think about is this business scalable? Yep. It, does it reach the seven figures, eight figures, whatever that, that may be. And then we start that business knowing that we're gonna have to hire a bunch of people. If we, if we thought about a business today and we're like, hey, we have to do this business our entire life, and every day until the day we die. We can't delegate. It's, it's a non-delegatable delegatable business, yeah, no what would you do?
0: Uh, i i mean i would go crazy it's would like, you attempt
1: to do it no we no, don't even because, start it
0: i mean if i could delegate showering and using the restroom <laughs> i was a little out there i know but i would, definitely do, out it. There. I would <laughs> do it i would definitely do it because I, I just feel like it was a waste of time
1: right? it's here take my my body yeah, my meat my, bag yeah, yeah. and shower it you. my soul is just gonna stay <laughs> here
0: and just take my body bring it back on it's clean it's like come on like but honestly that's actually really excessive <laughs> uh, so I'm sorry if I made any of y'all uncomfortable. I'm not uncomfortable, but, uh, but that's the reality of it. I'm like really trying to delegate everything in, in my life. Um, Yeah, so I could, you know, be more present and enjoy the, the journey. So, okay, so delegation. So look, if you want to double your results, you know, focus on your sales department, your sales, emphasize the sales part of your business. That is also with dispositions, right? If you are, you know, if you have more deals than you can handle right now, Um, Definitely, you definitely want to delegate that to somebody to help you, whether that's a transaction coordinator or a disposition assistant, Um, because back to the money producing activities, when it comes to dispositions, the money producing activity is talking to buyers and selling deals, right? So those two things are going to bring in revenue. So if you just double the amount of conversations had with buyers and double the offers you're getting on each individual property, double the eyes that you're getting on each individual property, then... Um, it's just going to lead to to better results and, and higher revenue. So if you so. if
1: you've had if you've had if you've had done five deals and you've had five hundred leads in your system, now you know and you've called all those five hundred leads for for two months cons- consistently and you got those five deals. Simple math: every every hundred leads is getting you a deal. And now, how how can you double? How can you double the effort? Yeah. Now, now do a if you want to double the effort. Okay, let's get a thousand leads and let's call it in a shorter amount of time, now I can double the effort or triple the effort or quadruple the effort by adding more people or really increasing the revenue of marketing or yeah. the, the the spending of marketing and increasing the, the, out, the physical output that you have to put with your team members. So yeah. it's really simple math at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're getting one, and these are all super important numbers to have in your business, right? In our executive elite community, like they know that they have to emphasize on their tracking. But like if you're getting one deal per 100 leads and yeah theoretically if you just say hey okay if we 10x that we get a thousand leads we're going to get 10 deals now there is diminishing returns as you increase your marketing but what if you just what if you get seven deals right like that like you're, I'm you're fine going by that one deal to seven deals each deal is 20 30k you know assignment profit or fix and flip profit like shoot sign me up right and uh real quick because uh, this is a live podcast and i can see everybody's comments Hi, Lori. It's uh, great to virtually see you, and uh, we miss you, and thank you for all the business and uh, the help. Uh, Lori with Empire.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey.
0: Uh, Okay, Uh, so back to the sales side of things. Uh, Focus on money producing activities, and then real quick, um, as we wind down here... Um, what are a few tips for people to get better at sales that could be acquisitions, dispositions, money producing activities? What are some things that they can do to get better?
1: I mean, I think, I think it's a, it's a full circle. You can't be good at once. This is the way I like to think of, of how to increase any revenue, any business, how to increase, you have to see what, what. What parts of the business that is needed, like absolutely needed to make money. So we know marketing is needed. We know acquisition is needed. We know transaction coordination is needed and we know disposition, which is the, the selling of the property is needed, but what is absolutely needed? Like what is the money producing activity? Is transaction coordination a money producing activity or payroll? No. So, so now we, we go to the second thing when it comes, when it comes down to maximum revenue, so acquisition and disposition, so the, the skill set of the sales team. So if you wanna increase your, your revenue, you have to increase the, the skill set of your acquisition. Number one, sk- uh, increase the amount of salespeople. Number two, increase the, the skill set of the salespeople. So it comes down to, if you have to think about it this way. So if you, if you get a $100,000 house and you can sell it for $120,000, imagine if you had a great acquisition team that can get that house for $80,000. Now your your disposition price is $120,000. Now you're making $40,000. You just doubled the revenue. Well, what if I said this? What if you have two great team members, which is an acquisition and disposition? The acquisition locked it up for $80,000 and the disposition sold it for $130,000. Now you maximize on both ends. Now you just made $50,000. So really there's no limit of max- maximizing uh, profit on, on many things because especially in the houses it's not like you have a, a, a kelly blue book uh, to check the car the car value right like you have the car yeah, value wish, of this yeah. it's really based on comps and i don't know about you but we've set comps in areas before
0: yeah all every yeah all the time
1: so let's say the the house the house is selling in an area for $300,000 we make our house super nice and before you know it our house just sold for 320 we just set comps in the next area in the, in the for the next seller to sell it for, for more or you might or for especially for wholesaling for the wholesale business Absolutely. you might find a buyer that's going to buy the property and and uh, put some tenants in it maybe he's not fixing it and flipping it so he's okay with residual revenue so now you can increase the budget what if you found a buyer that has uh, that has their own crew and that brings material from from China literally buy their own material so they don't have to go to home depot and buy it. How much that buyer how how much can that buyer pay you more than, versus the other buyer?
0: yeah, yeah a lot a lot more.
1: What if someone has a hedge fund yeah. that pays at ninety five percent before rehab yep. what 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 does that do? It increases increases revenue so so in reality there is there is really no limit of increasing your your revenue. It comes down from negotiating a good deal, and it comes down how, how you can maximize when you're selling that deal and if the, you have you have a deal that's not selling. We have an old saying there in the car business, there is an ask for every seat. That means every car, there is a buyer out there for it. Same thing for the house. If you think that house is not, if not selling, well, what's the reason that's not selling? Is it the price too high? Is, does it have too much damage? Is it, what is the reason? And most of the times it comes down to price. So if you can't, if you think that your disposition is not doing too good, well, go back and find out why. Maybe the acquisition locked up the deal too high. So there should be always a good communication between the acquisition team and disposition team. And I know this is like a whole different topic, but I'm, what I'm trying to like paint over here, like the picture I'm trying to paint is that it takes more than one thing that you do in your business to increase your revenue. There is more than one way. Yeah, you can hire a stellar acquisition manager or a stellar disposition manager or a stellar marketing company, but doing that one thing, yes, will increase the revenue, but to increase it to add its, at its maximum capacity, you're gonna need to do all things the right way. You have to make sure that you're maximizing on every single angle of your business. Because guess what? What if this thing that's, what if you're at your prime and the business is 10 years and you wanna maximize as much as you can for, so those 10 years you can hire more people or exit or, or buy your mansion or buy your Lamborghini or whatever that may be. Well, you make sure you maximize. Why, why settle for mediocre when you can maximize? And believe me, Opportunities don't really land in in your lap all the time. You gotta get them. Yeah, you gotta go get them. Obviously, the more you try, the more opportunity you know is presented to you. But don't settle for a mediocre. Always try to think think how how can I be the best at doing this? Can someone do it better? Probably. But how can you try to do it better? Because if we always thought about that, it's a four minute mile. The four minute mile. I love the analogy of the four minute. How many people really ran a mile? In four minutes. I mean, back probably, in a day.
0: Oh, I mean, I mean thousands now, but yeah, back in the day, no one before, thought it was possible before Bannister. Nobody. Yeah.
1: But then, when once someone did it, Bannister did it, right? Yeah. When once he did it, how many hundreds of people came at, like hundreds, immediately after hundreds, that? Thousands by now. Same yeah. year. So don't don't think because someone has been doing, and this is this is something that that I used to be uh, I used to suffer from that I used to think, well, someone started this company ten years ago and they have a big budget and they have a big team and i'm never going to do better than them you can't be more wrong than that's the that's the worst thing you can think about because you might have a different skill set you might claim you might climb that that ladder faster than anyone else and beat that company that you're or beat that competition that you're admiring so much that you think they did better than you to be honest when we first started there was there's still whales in the and we're still small we're not big don't get me wrong but we're we're considered bigger than other wholesale companies but if we start in that mindset thinking that everybody's bigger than us and we would never make it or what would happen?
0: I mean, we weren't it would just create discouragement. I will say like, um, that's actually something I've thought about a lot. Like, people don't get into a business because they think it's too much competition or hey, how am I going to compete with like multi billion dollar companies? Mm-hmm. Um, but reality is there's some in especially in real estate, there's so much opportunity. In any business, there's there's a huge market share. And just here in Phoenix alone, I mean, there's 500 to a thousand wholesale transactions a month, right? I don't, I'm not doing all 500 of them. Shoot, I'll take the I'm crumbs. not even doing all 50 of them here. Like, we'll take the crumbs. Yeah, we, we, so we like, we like to say, like, it's like, there's so many deals to be, to be made that you don't need, you don't need 50 a month, you don't need 20 a month. Now you, you could scale to that. And you know, we have, however, when it comes to just allow, like, don't allow those things to discourage you from entering a business. If we want to start a roofing company, there's more than enough roofs for us to land a job. <laughs> right? Like, and, and that's, it goes back to the same basic principles that we're teaching it's sales and marketing, it's marketing and sales. So you know, how, how can we get more lead? How can we get more roofing leads? Okay, how can we close more roofing, roofing deals, right? So and then it's hiring and delegating. It's, uh you know, it's creating quality leads, it's networking, it's brand exposure. It's delegation is focusing on money producing activities. It's tracking your numbers. Like these are all universal ongoing like, training. Like we yeah, this is yeah, all of that should like if you just focus on the money producing activities and the marketing and sales of a business, it doesn't matter whether it's real estate or a roofing company, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna win, right? You're gonna win. So yeah, don't let I mean if I were just like going back a few years ago, I had two hundred dollars when I started. Um, I'm like, man, okay, how am I gonna compete with somebody with twenty million in the bank? I mean, shoot, I'm a living proof and you're a living proof of it as well. So, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are living proof as well. So, yeah, don't let that discourage you. Uh, but guys, I mean, what are, what an amazing podcast. I hope you guys really took a lot of information away. Um, any words before we hop off here?
1: Before before we hop off, I, I want to talk about following up, right? Yeah. Like it's a two minute thing. Um, you have to understand that a salesperson could be the most skilled salesperson, but they don't follow up. That that they're gonna they're gonna be left behind. It's as simple as that, and you as a business owner, if you don't if you have your team members getting leads new leads, and they're pampered with that, and then that's all they do hit new leads and ignore the old leads they're they're leaving money on on the table, and you as a business owner is losing so make sure that your sales team is not just skilled because we talked about you know a skilled team member or multiple skilled team members, but you have to make sure that their job is to follow up they they can't just. Sit, kick back, and let the skill set only work. Uh, work ethic doesn't happen that way. If you if you work based on skills only, you will be left behind. You will.
0: Yeah, and the yeah. the one that works harder will get ahead.
1: Yeah. So make sure you follow up on your leads. If you have a thousand leads in your system or five hundred leads, make sure you don't just focus on the new leads. Or you're like, I need to get a new leads. What work the leads that you have? Circumstances change. Your sellers that weren't selling a year ago or six months ago. Things might change. They might have a job relocation. They might have a death in the family. They might have a divorce. They might, whatever reason, they might have financial hardship. And that could change. That that change could be you when you're calling them and say, hey, are you interested? Well, actually, yes, now I am interested. But if you're not calling them following up, the next person will, and they'll get the deal. It's a matter of timing. So it's really skill set and luck. It's the more, the, the luckier... The more you call or the more the more you follow up, the luckier you get it's as simple as that yep so true. yes it's cheesy it sounds cheesy, but you know how many deals we've actually we've we just actually discussed something uh because we had a lead that was supposed to be called in a week or five days sorry uh, another acquisition manager came in and called that lead and locked up the contract and it was it was it was like a it's a tough situation because the acquisition man is like, well, that's my lead. I, was, I, I didn't, I didn't like let, it, let, let it slip through the cracks. And the other person is like, well, I locked it up. Well, I have to think about this. The same week, we called a lead that got a deal that we locked, we, we were going to get the deal. And I'm like, what happened with this deal? And they're like, well, I think they have a contract with someone else. I'm like, did they have a contract with someone else, like locked it up? They, they said, no, it, it, it wasn't locked up. So we came in and we locked up that contract. For some reason, our acquisition team didn't really communicate well where they thought that deal was locked up until like we really talked about it. But we literally we came in and locked up that contract versus the other company. They they were sending the offer. Well, what if that same thing happened where another company came in and they were gonna call that lead within that that five-day grace and locked up the contract and the acquisition manager would have lost that that deal. So I'm actually happy that they kind of cut the cut the line and got that lead to to close the deal because there's ten tens of com- or hundreds of companies calling yeah a lot that same same person and they could have thought it's our company or they could have thought it's a better offer or a better company to go with and we would have lost out on that lead so following up was really so, the key to that
0: yeah a hundred percent um yeah follow-up is crucial um with with that said, guys, I mean, shoot. So we're doing this podcast weekly, every Wednesday. At yeah, 12, we haven't marketed it either. Um, we haven't. I haven't even posted it on Instagram or nothing. Um, but for those that are watching this live or watching on the replay, we just want to thank you. Make sure you like this video, share this with a few friends. That is all we ask. Uh, share this with a few of your. Uh, you know, business partners or, or just business colleagues, as we're just giving you guys real, real stuff that you guys you guys can implement. So, guys, I just want to thank you. Another amazing uh, episode. Episode three is in the books, and we'll see you guys next week. Let's yeah. go.